You may have noticed that most of our preaching here, and I would guess most of the preaching you hear throughout the Episcopal Church in general, tends to focus on the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, depending on the year and the season. We're given readings each week from our lectionary, one from the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, a psalm from the Bible's hymn book, which we sing together, a reading from one of the epistles or the book, <clears throat> book of Acts from the New Testament, <clears throat> and finally the gospel, which keeps us focused on the life, ministry, teachings, death and resurrection of Jesus, which are, well, the heart of the gospel, the good news. We give the four gospels a place of priority in our liturgy. You can tell by the ceremony that we use around its reading, a procession with candles, and we even stand for the reading. The gospel is always special. And everything else, more or less, points to the story that we find within its pages. But there are just some times when it seems good to focus in on one of the other readings, and today seems like one of those times to me. Today is a day for focusing in on us as a parish, this local expression of what St. Paul calls the body of Christ. In his first epistle to the church at Corinth, Paul was dealing with a very dysfunctional bunch of folks. Now that's not why I think it's especially appropriate for us today, just, just saying. But there were some very serious divisions in the church in Corinth. Some people were aligning themselves with different factions, one with Paul, another with Apollos or Cephas, and they were jockeying for position. And the most self-righteous among them, of course, said they only were aligned with Christ himself. Paul had to remind all of these folks that they were one body made up of many members, but that they needed and depended upon each other. There were differences around their relationship with the surrounding culture, for example, like whether they could eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols or not. Some had scruples about that and others said, hey, it's a new era. In Christ, all things are possible. Others had issues around sexuality and morals. Jews and Greeks who worshiped there together were having to learn to understand and get along with one another. There were social and class differences among the members. They were having disputes about all kinds of things in Corinth, and it was inhibiting their fellowship with one another and even their participation in the most sacred moments as they broke bread together. Some of them were bringing lots of food to eat while others had none. And Paul had to tell those who were feasting to eat their meals at home before they came to the assembly. And it turns out they were squabbling over other things, like who had the best of the spiritual gifts, whose spiritual gifts were better than others. And Paul had to set them straight and remind them of their mutual interdependence on one another in the body of Christ. Just because one is, metaphorically speaking, a hand does not mean that he or she does not need another who is, again, metaphorically, a foot. Likewise, just because one has a talent for singing doesn't mean that they do not also need the one whose gift is administration or teaching or healing, and on it goes. Today's a good time for us to remind ourselves just how much we here at Trinity depend on one another. 
As I was writing my annual report to the parish, I focused one part of it on building up the body of Christ and equipping the saints for the work of ministry, as Paul says in another one of his epistles to the Ephesians. I was reminded of our various gifts here in this congregation when I thought of all that we have done together and all that we have accomplished in the past year. For some, their gift in this congregation is the wisdom of age, while others possess the gift of imagination and youthful energy. Some have the gift of compassion and care for those in need, while others are gifted in creating policy solutions to help people rise above their situation. Some have gifts for making music, while others may be gifted in accounting or finance or the law. And yes, sometimes there are people that do all those things. There are some who care for buildings and physical infrastructure, and there are others who are discerning a call to the ordained life, to be preachers and teachers. There are some who strive for knowledge, while others are all about the action. The truth is that we all need each other. And it is because we do not, any of us by ourselves, possess all the gifts within ourselves that we cannot do without the other. Now, I love the fact that our diverse gifts enable us to both relish the beauty and holiness in our liturgy and also reach out to the poor and the marginalized in our neighborhood and city. Those are not really ultimately different things. There's something about the role of music and liturgy that lifts us to a place beyond ourselves where we experience our essential unity with God and one another. And there's something also about getting our hands dirty, serving others, that does the same thing. And I really do believe that these two parts of ourselves, these two gifts, if you will, draw upon and are each strengthened by the other. Paul encouraged the church to recognize and cultivate their various gifts. He said to the church in Corinth, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. It's sometimes hard to know exactly what was meant by each of these gifts, and they represent what was surely a sampling of the kinds of gifts that people there had and not necessarily an exhaustive list. I read an article this week informing us that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, recently told a reporter that he regularly speaks in tongues during his early morning prayers. Who knew? While some will find that somehow strange or perhaps even troubling, perhaps we should simply accept it as a gift that some have, but not all. Paul goes on to say, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive, he said, for the greater gifts. Strive for what will serve the body well. Put your gifts, whatever they may be, to work for the sake of building up the body of Christ. While it is important for us to stop and take stock of how we are doing, how we're working together, 
which we do at least once a year here on the Sunday of our annual meeting. It's also important to take the long view. Not everything can be measured in weekly or monthly or even yearly increments. The work we are about often requires taking the long view. I ran across a reflection on ministry this past week that I find fitting for where I feel personally and where I think we are in our life together. And perhaps, in fact, it's where the church always is. Its perspective, I think, is important. And it's titled, Prophets of a Future, Not Our Own. It says this, It helps now and then to step back and to take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything. And there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders, ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. So together with all of our diversity of gifts, we continue the journey. When we truly find and use our gifts in the service of God and one another, whether that be to visit the sick or serve on the vestry, to read, to pray, to preach, to sing, to feed others, to give generously, or so many other things we do, it is not just a duty to perform, nor is it a competition for who is the greatest, but it is an opportunity, finally, to find and use our truest and best selves. So may we continue faithfully to share our gifts, to use them for the sake of God's kingdom. Know that we are sowing seeds for a future that God is yet bringing about, and to delight in one another and our place in the body of Christ. Amen. <laughs>